Hi, and welcome to Seeking the Gospel Truth. I'm Giselle Aguiar. We've been going through the Old Testament, seeing how Jesus and his gospel factors into every story. If you've missed any of them, search through the podcast or vlog for the studies on the books of Genesis through Ruth. As we continue God's story, which is really our story, I am changing how we go through the bulk of the rest of the Old Testament. If you read the Bible from cover to cover, the historical books get a bit confusing as the timeline isn't straight. My goal is to, as for the next studies, is to do them in historical sequence. So we'll bounce around the Old Testament, but the stories will make better sense. Jesus is the hero of the entire Bible, and we'll find him everywhere as we go along. Um, you'll also see how the Old Testament sets us up for the New Testament. And I've covered most of the New Testament, and you can find those studies along with podcast playlists on my blog. I pray that as you hear this message, it will inspire you to study the Bible daily for yourself. Seek the truth. I pray that God opens your heart and eyes and mind to understand what his spirit is trying to tell you. And as you become rooted in the word, you'll also be rooted in hope, joy, and peace. Let's dig in. Samuel 19, a bittersweet victory. David mourns his son, yet he must rule Israel. David had a bittersweet victory. He won the battle, but at the cost of his son, Absalom. He was consumed with grief, overwhelmed with sorrow. I know what that's like. You find out that a close relative or friend has died. Happened to me yesterday. A close cousin of mine died. It stopped me in my tracks. I had to stop and grieve. For some people, it takes longer than others. That's why my church holds grief share meetings. If you like a link to that, it's in the show notes. I dug out some old pictures of him and family gatherings and posted them on Facebook. My notifications were flooded with condolence messages. The story here of David's grieving is a little different. Joab basically tells him to snap out of it. You've got a kingdom to run. As a result, when people come before him, he shows them grace. Let's dig in, 2 Samuel 19. Word soon reached Joab that the king was weeping and mourning for Absalom. As all the people heard of the king's deep grief for his son, the joy of that day's victory was turned into deep sadness. They crept back into the town that day as though they were ashamed and had deserted in battle. The king covered his face with his hands and kept on crying, oh, my son, Absalom, oh, Absalom, my son, my son. Then Joab went to the king's room and said to him, we saved your life today and the lives of your sons, your daughters, and your wives and your concubines. Yet you act like this, making us feel ashamed of ourselves. You seem to love those who hate you and hate those who love you. You have made it clear today that your commanders and troops mean nothing to you. It seems that if Absalom had lived and all of us had died, you would be pleased. Now go out there and congratulate your troops. For I swear by the Lord that if you don't go out, not a single one of them will remain here tonight. Then you will be worse off than ever before. So the king went out and took his seat at the town gate. And as the news spread throughout the town that he was there, everyone went to him. 
Meanwhile, the Israelites who had supported Absalom fled to their homes. And throughout all the tribes of Israel, there was much discussion and argument going on. The people were saying, the king rescued us from our enemies and saved us from the Philistines, but Absalom chased him out of the country. Now Absalom, whom we anointed to rule over us, is dead. Why not ask David to come back and be our king again? Then King David sent Zadok and Abiathar, the priests, to say to the elders of Judah, why are you the last ones to welcome back the king into his palace? For I have heard that all Israel is ready. You are my relatives, my own tribe, my own flesh and blood. So why are you the last ones to welcome back the king? And David told them to tell Amasa, since you are my own flesh and blood, like Joab, may God strike me and kill me if I do not appoint you as commander of my army in his place. Then Amasa convinced all the men of Judah and they responded unanimously and they sent word to the king, return to us and bring back all who are with you. So king, the king started back to Jerusalem and when he arrived at the Jordan River, the people of Judah came to Gilgal to meet him and escort him across the river. Shimei, son of Gera, the man from Behoram and Benjamin, now, this was the guy who was cursing him and throwing stones at him when he was mourning, when he first left Jerusalem. So he hurried across with the men of Judah to welcome King David. A thousand other men from, from the tribe of Benjamin were with him, including Ziba, the chief servant of the house of Saul, and Ziba's 15 sons and 20 servants. They rushed down to the Jordan to meet the king. They crossed the shallows of the Jordan to bring the king's household across the river, helping him in every way they could. As the king was about to cross the river, Shimei fell down before him. My lord, the king, please forgive me, he pleaded. Forget the terrible thing your servant did when you left Jerusalem. May the king put it out of his mind. I know how much I sinned. That is why I have come here today the very first person in all Israel to greet my Lord, the King. Then Abishai, son of Zariah said, Shimei should die for he cursed the Lord's anointed King. Who asked your opinion, your sons of Zariah? David exclaimed, why have you become my adversary today? This is not a day for execution for today. I am once again, the King of Israel. Then turning to Shimei, David vow your life, will be spared. Now Mephibosheth, Saul's grandson, came down from Jerusalem to meet the king. He had not cared for his feet, trimmed his beard, or washed his clothes since the day the king left Jerusalem. Why didn't you come with me, Mephibosheth, the king asked. Mephibosheth replied, my lord, the king, my servant Ziba deceived me. I told him, saddle my donkey so I can go with the king. For as you know, I am crippled. Ziba has slandered me by saying that I refuse to come, but I know that my Lord, the King is like an angel of God. So do what you think is best. All my relatives and I could expect only death from you, uh, my Lord, but instead you have honored me by allowing me to eat at your own table. What more can I ask? You've said enough, David replied. I've decided that you and Ziba will divide your land equally between you. Give him all of it, Mephibosheth said. I am content 
just to have you safely back again, my lord and king. <sighs> it's a new name. Barzillai of Gilead had come down from Rogelum to escort the king across the Jordan. He was very old, 80 years of age, and very wealthy. He was the one who had provided food for the king during his stay in Mahanaim. Come across with me and live in Jerusalem, the king said to Barzillai. I will take care of you there. No, he replied, I am far too old to go with the king to Jerusalem. I am 80 years old today and I can no longer enjoy anything. Food and wine are no longer tasty. I cannot hear the singers as they sing. I would only be a burden to my lord, the king. Just go across the Jordan River with the king is all the honor I need. Then let me return again to die in my own town where my father and mother are buried. But here is your servant, my son, Kimham. Let him go with my lord, the king, and receive whatever you want to give him. Good, the king agreed. Kimham will go with me, and I will help him in any way you would like. And I will do for you anything you want. So all the people crossed the Jordan with the king after David had blessed Barzillai and kissed him. Barzillai returned to his own home. The king then crossed over to Gilgal, taking Kimham with him. All the troops of Judah and half the troops of Israel escorted the king on his way. But all the men of Israel complained to the king. The men of Judah stole the king and didn't give us the honor of helping take you, your household, and all your men across the Jordan. The men of Judah replied, the king is one of our own kingsmen. Why should this make you angry? We haven't eaten any of the king's food or received any special favors. But there are 10 tribes in Israel, the other replied. So we have 10 times as much right to the king as you do. What right do you have to treat us with such contempt? Weren't we the first to speak of bringing him back to be our king again? The argument continued back and forth and the men of Judah spoke even more harshly than the men of Israel. How silly does that sound? Arguing over David and tribal rights kind of reminds me of not my president after a certain election. And now the shoe's on the other foot. No American with a brain wants to admit the current president is the head of the free world. This goes to show that political divisions are not new. Here they were fighting over a king. Personally, I can't wait until we're under the rule of King Jesus. Your kingdom come. Joab reminded David that Absalom was his enemy. David grieved for a reconciliation that didn't happen. After someone's died, it's too late. When I was with my cousin a few years ago in Puerto Rico, I should have asked him if he was saved. I wasn't bold enough. I'm hoping he saw at least one of my posts on Facebook and considered his salvation. He never called me. I never called him. Now it's too late. I don't know if he's in heaven, and that makes me sad. Why do you think that David showed grace to all the people who came to him? Well, it's a reflection of Jesus. Shimei deserved death, but David pardoned him and spared his life. Likewise, we deserve death for our sins, and Jesus died in our place so we can live forever with him in heaven. Restoring relationships is not easy. It takes humility and boldness. After someone dies, it's too late. What about your relationship with Jesus? He wants to reconcile with you. After you're dead, it's too late. 
If you're trying to reconcile an earthly relationship, work towards a solution that serves God's purpose. Be on God's team, be merciful and kind. And there's a proverb that fits here, Proverb 27, six, wounds from a sincere friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. There's a sailor there, pause, think about that. Wounds from a sincere friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. One of David's Psalms that was written about this time um, is a worship song, Psalm 29. Honor the Lord, you heavenly beings. Honor the Lord for his glory and strength. Honor the Lord for the glory of his name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. The voice of the Lord echoes above the sea. The God of glory thunders. The Lord thunders over the mighty sea. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is majestic. The voice of the Lord splits the mighty cedars. The Lord shatters the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon's mountains skip like a calf. He makes Mount Hermon leap like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord strikes with bolts of lightning. The voice of the Lord makes the barren wilderness quake. The Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord twists mighty oaks and strips the forests bare. In his temple, everyone shouts glory. The Lord rules over the floodwaters. The Lord reigns as king forever. The Lord gives his people strength. The Lord blesses them with peace. Above the storm, there is peace. My heart breaks to see what's going on in the world today. If it wasn't for my personal assurance and confident hope that this world was not all there is, I'd be a basket case. I'm angry, sad, frustrated, heartbroken, disgusted, ashamed, etc., etc. Paul wrote in Colossians uh, chapter 3, Since you have been raised to a new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth, for you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. So put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Do not be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world, because these things, because of these things, the anger of God is coming. Yes, it is. And I pray this every day, Lord, manifest your kingdom realm and cause your every purpose to be fulfilled on earth as it is in heaven. Do you have God's peace, hope and joy? It's all free, you know, and you don't have to do a thing except believe. Oh, and repent, be baptized, receive the Holy Spirit, believe, have faith, that Jesus is the Christ and he died taking your sins away forever. And that he rose from the dead three days later. Repent of your sins. Stop sinning. Do a complete 180 degree turn in your life and surrender your life to him. Be baptized. Show the world and yourself that you have died to your old life and are born again in Christ. Receive the Holy Spirit in your heart. So what are you waiting for? Isn't it time you... Reconciled with God? 
Invite Jesus into your heart and receive the gift and confident hope of eternal life. You don't know what to say. You don't know what to do. There's a prayer in the show notes, or you can click on over to my blog and click where it says how to invite Jesus into your heart. And at the bottom of today's blog, I embedded graves into gardens. It's a beautiful um, worship song. Soli Deo Gloria, to God alone be the glory. Thank you for listening to this episode. I pray that the Holy Spirit, the author of scripture, touched your heart to reveal the gospel truth that our hope of salvation is through Jesus Christ alone. If you have any comments or questions, feel free to reach out to me via my website or social media. I encourage you to read the Bible daily and seek the truth for yourself. I recommend that you download two free Bible study apps, the YouVersion Bible app and Through the Word. Friends, we are living in strange, crazy times, the last days, the end times. But know that things aren't falling apart, they are falling into place. Jesus said in Revelation 3, 20-22, Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in, and we will share a meal together as friends. Those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne, just as I was victorious and sat with my father on his throne. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. Jesus is knocking. It's up to you to open the door. Peter told us in 2 Peter 3.9, The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed or perish, but wants everyone to repent. Jesus is coming back soon. Are you ready? Repent of your sins and invite Jesus into your heart right now. If you don't know what to say, there's a prayer in the show notes and on my blog. Jesus said in Matthew 24, 14, and the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it and then the end will come. Soli Deo Gloria, to God alone be the glory.